This is Train to Perform, the undisputed alpha podcast in training, fitness, and sports performance. Here, you'll develop your skills with the cold, hard facts in fitness, sports performance, recovery, and nutrition. Real, tried and true, evidence-based facts that have been proven to move you faster, move you stronger, and move you forward. Now, here's your host of Train to Perform, Julian Sisman. Really, the girls get into today, but um, we did it yesterday, so we were, we're like off, off today. So I'm just home. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, who'd you guys play? Uh, where? Who did we play this past weekend? Yeah. Uh, William and Mary. Oh, nice. So it was our. It was our last it was our last non-conference game, um, and we actually mm. won nothing. So six, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. So I mean, um, it was definitely a confidence booster, and we definitely needed it going into conference, which starts uh, Thursday. So, um, what was I going to ask you? Uh, who have you guys played so far? Like, what? Like, um, we've played uh, NC State. LMU, um, Dartmouth, Princeton, West Virginia, Rutgers, William and Mary. I think those were our, all of our non-conference games. Might be missing. We like had our first exhibition against Delaware. Who else was another scrimmage? Oh, Penn State was another scrimmage. Um, but yeah, those were pretty much a uh, couple tough ones, a couple ones that we really needed to win. But uh you know, I don't know how familiar you are with soccer, but your strength that's is... All I, that's all I do. Oh, yeah. Your strength, do. your strength of schedule is like everything in the beginning of the season, the non-conference, mm-hmm. right? And that's really yeah. what matters. Um, historically, Georgetown women's soccer has been very successful in season, so like in conference. So we, you know, the Big East doesn't have as much clout as the Power Five. So as, you know, if you're, if you have the ability to, have a high RPI ranking before going into a conference play. I mean, you know, it's just, you're sitting at a, a far yeah. uh, higher advantage. So. Yeah. Yeah. I played at Ohio state. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm from the, this area. Okay. Um, so I'm, I, uh, I coach soccer at high school. I, um, uh, coach club and then I run my gym. So, yeah. And is it local? I was trying to figure that out. My gym? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in Rockville. I'm in Rockville. Oh, in Maryland. Okay. Yeah. Aren't you in aren't you in Maryland? Yeah. We actually but we moved to Annapolis, so we are Okay. Yeah, that's like out east. <laughs> thirty minutes away. Yeah. Georgetown though it's an hour, so Yeah, I'm sure. I listen to a lot of so, <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I mean, really like, uh, just, you know, on these podcasts, I just try to like talk to different strength coaches. I mean, more, mm-hmm. m- most people that I've spoken with so far have been soccer related. Okay. Um, and just, that's who I, that's the, my sort of population, but okay. I w- I like to use it. Um, I mean, I just like to get people's points of views, um, and then kind of use like people that have been in the college field, um, Cause you know, I'm around, you know, girls that are in high school and, you know, coming up and I just try to like, you know, encourage them like, Hey, like if you're trying to go here or here, 
you know, you have a background in playing soccer too. So like it, it's like, it's even more, um, you know, more valid of what you're saying about mm-hmm. like why it's necessary, like strength conditioning, how it helps, Yeah, for um, sure. you know, different things, that, different things that you did when you were younger, mm-hmm. um, and things like that. So it's okay. more or less just kind of get a background on you, what you do now. You know, I know you've done a bunch of different things. So it just, you know, so. <laughs> I was just going to grab my water. I, I, yeah, yeah, So kind of give me a little bit of background on yourself, like where you came, like why did you start playing soccer? Yeah, no. Um, so I grew up on the east end of Long Island. Uh, a lot of people say that I sometimes have a New York accent, but the typical New York accent, it's not quite apparent because uh, I did grow out, grow up um, in a place where basically farm fields um, and it was very small town uh, and it was very far away from the city. We're about two, two and a half hours outside of the city. But uh, growing up, it was a soccer mecca. So out east, it uh, you know, I remember, I mean, the joke was like, we all were kicking the soccer ball coming out of the womb. Uh, because like club soccer out there was, again, it was, it was, everybody played it. Everybody was involved. I think all of my cousins, both my brothers, we all played soccer from a very, very young age. Um, and, you know, it massive, massive like fields that, you know, had, you know, I, it's almost like the equivalent of maybe like the area by Germantown, you know, there's like 15 fields. Uh, And that was part of my hometown. It's just because there's so much land out there. Uh, So grew up playing soccer right out of the gate. Uh, I started also playing softball at a young age, but um, it was just kind of the thing to do. Uh, I didn't have football in high school. Soccer was legitimately the sport to play. Um, Both soccer programs were very successful. Um, You know, I played I, I, I actually, I played like seventh grade, eighth grade, and then uh, I actually skipped JV. So in ninth grade, I was starting on varsity. So I started on varsity for all four years. Uh, and it was kind of because of my position. It was kind of because, again, I, I was just, I guess I was needed. Um, and so I was a goalkeeper. I, was, I started okay. off left midi. Uh, but I, you know, it was, I was telling one of my student athletes this the other day and we were joking about it. It was the way that I felt into goalkeeping. It was a tournament, one of the biggest tournaments. We didn't have a goal. Our goalkeeper was staying home. She wasn't uh, traveling with us and we had a punting competition at practice. And I was the second furthest punter. The first for this punter was our leading goal scorer. So they're like, well, we can't put her in the goal. So I guess we'll do the second best thing. And it ended up being me. Um, so that's kind that's of how so my goalkeeping career started. But it wasn't until I was a freshman in high school that was I a full-time goalkeeper. I still love playing the field. I still scored a lot of goals junior high and in my, on my club. Um, but Varsity soccer for me, it was unbelievable. We went to the state final four all four years, New York state final four all four years. In my senior year, we not only increased to the, uh, not only did we move to a uh, bigger division, uh, but we ended up winning the state championship. So, and that's awesome. Yeah. And our team was super close and uh, we had four, my senior year, there was four seniors, four juniors, and then everybody else was undergrad. So we had a very young team and we were not at all expected to win that year. My junior year was really the year that we were supposed to win because the juniors, me being the only junior to all of the seniors, uh, 
I would, I mean, there was other juniors on the team, but I played with all of the seniors in club since we were very little. So that was that club team that traveled through into high school. So I actually got um, recruited out of high school. I didn't get recruited from my club. I did not play for a select team or an ODP team. Um, I played, I just, we just had a very successful, successful uh, high school team. And so the Sony Brook coaches actually recruited me when I was in my playoffs, my senior year. Uh, and I was that goalkeeper where, like I said, I was a field player starting off. So if I got, if there was a cross into the box and everybody was still back in the box, I tossed that ball out to myself and I ran up the field. So um, uh, I was one of those. Good, good feet, good feet. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, they came to that game and then it, I think it was like the conference championship or the semifinals to the conference championship. And they came out and saw that game and I just had a lights out game. You know, I had, I had like 12 saves in the first half and uh, oh, wow. that was basically the re- the big reason why uh they ended up offering me. So I didn't actually get offered until, I mean, back then it was so different, right? You weren't getting offers until maybe your junior or senior year. Now it's mm-hmm. like you're in eighth grade and you're getting offers <laughs> from like multiple schools. It was just not like that back then. So um, I got offered my senior fall and I still wasn't sure if I wanted to play soccer or softball in college. Uh, Cause I had a couple softball offers as well. Um, but it was kind of a no brainer. I did get a full scholarship. Um, and it was going to be close to home. I didn't want to be close to home. It was only an hour and like 10 minutes from home at a Stony Brook was. And so, um, you know, like I said, I really didn't want to be close to home. I wanted to get off Long Island. I wanted to experience, like, I really wanted to go down South. Um, but it just didn't work out that way. And honestly, I think everything happens for a reason. And I took the scholarship, mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of the rest was history. Um, so yeah. kind of like how it started, you know, yeah. club, high school, stuff like that. So when you were in high school, I mean, just kind of tagging this in, like, did you, did you, you know, kind of do strength conditioning or is it just something that just kind of evolved when you got into college? Um, so it's actually really funny. My mother, uh, my dad is the athlete. So he played all the sports, uh, you know, rugby and baseball, and he was a swimmer and all that in high school. My mother, on the other hand, she's the dancer, the cheerleader, and eventually the aerobic instructor, fitness coach. So my mom had an aerobic studio um, since I was born. And so, so for 17 years, she had an aerobic studio. So I actually did step aerobics since I was like eight or nine years old. So with regards to having fitness in my life, I was born into fitness and learning about your body and proper nutrition and um, just, you know, learning how to feel yourself properly and stuff like that. And so um, with regards to um, body awareness and spatial awareness, I had that at a very young age and it was basically because of step aerobics and yeah. doing, um, doing fitness. Uh, and I did it all the time. I loved it. I loved being in the gym with my mom. Uh, we, she basically would take us into work. We would, you know, walk a couple steps downtown, get breakfast, eat breakfast at this gym. And then we would walk up the hill to school every day. Um, and so that I distinctly, that was, you know, one of my fondest memories as a child is, having, you know, it's just super small town. I walked to school, you know, I got to go downtown to the deli, you know, and it was, it was just kind of where my brothers and I grew up. Uh, so in that regards, 
kind of, yes, not specifically strength and conditioning. And then I, and then my mom in high school, she actually, so first it was an aerobic studio. Then she actually bought a health and racquetball club. And so we had two courts, a weight room, a cardio center and an aerobic studio. And so it was much bigger. Um, My brothers and I worked there. We, I still took a ton of classes. That's when I started like kind of figuring out how to do other things. So I did a little bit of weight training, not much because I didn't really know what to do um, except for the little bit of weights that I did in my mom's classes. And it's, it was not just step aerobics. It, we also did free weights. Um, there was, you know, stretching and core involved and stuff like that. So um, I had a little bit of exposure and, but I was the type of person, especially during softball season and sometimes during soccer season too, is that like, I'd go to the gym after practice and train because I felt like I wasn't working hard enough or maybe practice wasn't hard enough for me. Um, so that was just something I took upon myself. And I think that really is, you know, my mom, something that my mom always said is, uh, is I'm a, I'm a block off the old chip, not a chip off the old block because I'm bigger than my mom. <laughs> and so that was always like an, an ongoing joke in our family that I was a block off the old chip. And it's just, I, I took what she... I took what she's always done and kind of taken it in my own way. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, it's, it's good to have that, uh, um, you know, already in the family. Cause like, you know, a lot of kids just, you know, they, they don't have it. They they don't, they're not grown up into that environment and they just kind of like have to search for it. And, um, but like, I mean, from, from you having that experience, like, do you think it helped you like as an athlete, like being able to, you know, I mean, were you injured a lot? Were you, did not, you feel like your fitness really. level was yeah, um, good, like things been, like that? I mean, sometimes I had some soft tissue stuff, but I think it was just, again, I really believe that like high school soccer in general is just not like it, it used to be. Like we would have coaches. I mean, my coach was my English teacher you know, and he had this tremendous passion for soccer. Um, but you know, it's not like we were getting, you know, you know, an ex college coach, you know, um, our coach was very good at coaching us. Uh, but I don't think it was like today, like it's like today where, you know, yeah, it's super structured and, you know, um, there's so, there's such, so much additional involvement and, I don't know. I just feel like it's different. Um, and that's just, it has to do with the education of the sport. It has to do with exposure of the sport. Um, you know, I, I mean, he, he might, I don't, I think he played soccer. Um, I, and I apologize if he's listening. Cause like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he played soccer. Uh, but you know, it, it wasn't, I don't know. It just wasn't as cutthroat. I think yeah, I know, what you're, I, know, I know what you're saying. You know, um, and I, but with that being said, though, I loved my high school team. Like we were all best friends. Like we did so much team bonding. We loved being around each other. And I think that had to do a lot with our success and the tradition that we had yeah. in high school. And honestly, it had a lot to do with my high school coach um, and just, you know, really cultivating that. And I mean, but we, we did have crazy fitness. Like we did crazy fitness. Um, and so, I mean, to go back with what you asked, I mean, I had some soft tissue injuries, but I never really was trained intensely until I got to college. And I think that mm-hmm. really 
exposed my lack of like strength training and my lack of, you know, um, that intense training that I didn't have in high school because I got injured a lot in high in college. Uh, nothing major, a couple major injuries, but they were contact injuries. Um, but it, I wasn't really truly exposed to strength and conditioning until I got to college. Um, and I really think if I did more weight training um, in high school, I really think that would have positively affected my performance because once I locked in to strength and conditioning in college, I mean, I was one of the fastest on the team. I was one of the strongest on the teams and I could run over people with my small five, five frame. So like... I really, yeah, I really believe that, you know, discovering strength and conditioning and really buying into that at a young age when I was in college, it definitely positively affected my performance on the field. Yeah. So you went to Stony Brook, uh, do you play all four years? Did you start or like? Uh, yeah, so it was, I did play all four years. Uh, the reason why I started all four years and I started as a freshman is that it, I just, I remember being told that there was three other goalkeepers coming in with me. Um, and one was a year older than me. And then two, I think two were supposed to be a year older than me. And there was another girl that was transferring in. Well, the transfer never came. And one of the sophomores that was a year older than me or two years older than me, she never ended up reporting back either. So it was really just me and the sophomore. So my competition went from three other girls to just one. So it was one-on-one. Well, my, the other goalkeeper, she's tore ACL third day into preseason. Stop. I'd like to think I was talented enough to win the (laughs) spot, but, uh, the heavens only know that I was (laughs) or was not. So, um, the starting position was more or less handed to me, uh, but I did the best of it and I kept and I kept it all four years. Uh, I missed two and a half games my entire career. And it was because I subluxed wow. my shoulder and ripped cartilage um, in it. And it was the beginning of my junior year, first conference game, playing Hartford. They had this beast of a forward. And I was uh, siding out to make a save in the box. I was completely outstretched on the ground. And she went cleats up against my, the back of my shoulder. So my shoulder subluxed forward. And I ripped some of the cartilage in it. And if you sublux your shoulder at any point in your life and anybody that's listening, when you stand up, it feels like your wrist is hanging down by your ankle. Like it feels like your arm is just like not attached to your body. And there was two and a half minutes left of the game and my coaches tried to pull me out. And I was like, no, I'm going to finish this game. But I couldn't kick because I couldn't swing my arm. So it was, it was pretty, it was pretty grueling last two and a half minutes. And I remember coming off the field and sitting on the bench and I was so angry. I just, I was crying, but I was like, I think I was crying because I was so angry that I got injured. Um, but yeah, so that was that. But anyway, so my all four years, yes, I was a starter. I played almost every single game. Uh, the only other injury I got was actually the end of my sophomore year. Um, I, had, I was playing the entire season with a hyperextended thumb. And in pregame warm up, my goalkeeping coach <laughs> ripped a ball and I ripped the ligament right off my thumb uh, when oh, I tried yes. to save it. So, but I played the whole game and overtime. It was a semifinals of the conference championship and it was not treated until two days later. And then I was uh, slated to get surgery. Uh, so besides, it was the end of the season. So I never missed a game. Yeah. Uh, I played yeah. the whole game and overtime, they just taped over the already taped thumb and 
Um, one of my teammates got a spiral fracture in her shin. So on the way home, she was much more the priority when it came to injuries than my little son was. So <laughs> I just, uh, you know, swallowed my pride and, you yeah. know, my thumb, not my leg. So I just kind of stuck it out for two days before I saw the doctor. Damn. That's, that's awesome. Good for you. It's crazy how like, uh, like things happen. Cause like, that's a, that like that, for instance, like your whole, like beat the story is, is, is like, it's so crazy. Cause you didn't play like club soccer and you got recruited D one and like into a really like pretty difficult conference. Uh, right. right. At the time and it was, it was, I mean, yeah. In conference play is always super, super tough. Um, but no, I, I mean, I think our conference, I mean, and I still think that America East right now, I mean, it, it's continuing to rise. Like, yeah. And Stony Brook as a program is probably the best it's ever been. Mm-hmm. So. No, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause, um, you know, you know, you're probably not around the soccer scene as much as you were then as you are now. Um, but I mean, obviously you're, you know, you, you are strength conditioning coach at Georgetown with the girls team, but like at the youth level, I'm like in it, like deep in it. And it's crazy the amount of things that people will do to, to like get their kid to like play at the next level. Right. And I look at like my own story and then I look at your story and I'm just like, yo, I really didn't even do that much. And like these parents, these people pay crazy money. Like, yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I think the funny thing is my, this is just to put things in perspective and it, and yeah. this is kind of explains to what I was trying to explain mm-hmm. how like is a lot more cutthroat these days. I had a, I had like a piece of paper that was my like, resume like it was my I had a <laughs> resume and I had a softball resume yeah. and it had like my picture on it and it was literally like it, it was like a business resume but it was my accolades and the tournaments I played in and the coaches I played for and it my dad made it for me you know and I never even thought it was a thing and there was no recruiting websites or mm-hmm. you know things that you would upload like you would just like and back then, like Google wasn't a thing. Like you didn't just <laughs> Google someone's name and like videos pop up of them. Like you were handing in DVDs, you know, like you were mailing DVDs to coaches if you were, but other than, I mean, not, that wasn't probably until like later on. I mean, in the beginning it was, you got recruited like in person. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, like coaches mm-hmm. would just sign up for tournaments before they even saw you know, they would just go to really like big time tournaments. And I mean, I would play on guests. I would, I would be a guest player on teams um, because it got to a point in my playing career, my club kind of broke up because we're all playing high school soccer. Mm-hmm. We're all in high school. So, but I was still trying to get recruited. I mean, I think I was the, I think I am the only one from my club team that played in college. You know, and so, you know, I was still trying to, you know, go to what was the ID tournaments back then, you know, go to the big time, you know, score at the shores and like, you know, the, and, you know, 
all those big time tournaments back then. And I mean, even softball as well. Like we, I played in the Florida Invitational and that was like the Mecca of all tournaments. Um, and at the time I had, it was my senior year. It got postponed to February because of weather. And I had already committed to play college soccer. So I was, Mm -hmm. I had a lights out tournament and I was wearing a black band, which meant I was committed already. And so like, you know, it was just, I mean, it was just, is what it was, you know? Yeah. When did you graduate high school? I was 2006. Oh, so we're the same age. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking my language, like yeah, exactly. parents walking around, like giving out like yeah. uh, the, the paper for like their college. Yeah. Believe me. I, I know about all that. It's yeah. It's totally different now. I mean, with like all these websites where you can just like post videos, highlight tapes, like, um, yeah, it's, it's a totally different world. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting cause, um, you know, the, the, I, I tell, I tell the story all the time and I, I, if the parents are listening to this, well, so be it. Um, you know, some kids, uh, you know, they'll go to, they'll go to colleges where, you know, it's like the best, one of the best that they're getting recruited from. And I feel bad. Cause like, I've seen the kid play like a hundred times. I'm like, look, I, and in my head, I'm like, this kid is not going to play ever. And, uh, it happened to this one kid that I knew the parents pretty well. And I, I was like, look, you've got, and I tell this to kids all the time. You got to go somewhere where like, I'm, you got to go somewhere where like, you're going to play mm-hmm. like at least three of the four years. Cause right. if you go there and you're only playing like two years, maybe one year, like consistently, like you've literally wasted like two and a half years of your life. Like, so. well, yeah. And I think, I think a big thing too is, um, I, I was even coming out of high school, I was, I was uh, looked at as being a little cocky because I mean, to be completely honest, I I didn't know anything about the team and I was interviewed, I think by my local newspaper. um, And they're like, yeah, so Sony Brook is da, 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 this is their record. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, I'm going to go there and I'm going to make a difference. Like, I'm going to be the one that, you know, changes awesome. that for them. And, and, and it was more like confidence. Like I just knew what I was bringing to the table. And I knew that if it wasn't going to be in a starting position that I knew I was going to push whoever was besides me. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that just kind of was an ode to the type of high school team I was playing for. Um, and everybody had a role. Everybody played their role. You know, there was no bickering and it was no drama. And I think, I mean, it, it kind of plays true today when you are getting recruited, uh, you need to ask the coach those questions. Okay, well, do you really see me, you know, do you see me as a practice player? Um, do you see me as um, like a sub? Where do, basically, where do I fit into your four-year plan? Yeah. If, yeah. And, and another thing too is asking them the type of formation that they play because there mm-hmm. are there's so many different formations. Like you could play four four two your entire life, but when you go to college, you play a four three three with a triangle in the middle, and like you're an outside midi. And guess what? That that formation does not play into mm-hmm. your skill level or your just your skill base. And so, you know, I think I mean even at Georgetown now we like we we have a fairly deep bench, and there are some very talented girls that are not seeing a lot of minutes right now. And it's purely because it's the formation that we're playing. And so I think in high school, that's part of it. And then the other part of it as well is um, a lot of kids come out of high school and they were the big fish in the small pound. And now they get to college and they're a small fish in a big pond and they are 
flapping those fins and they're not going anywhere because they're just not used to it. And um, it's very different. Um, So I think, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think parents, if they're listening, I think, you know, the younger high school kids, if they're listening, like you guys have to do your homework as well on the schools that are recruiting you because just because it's a big name university and it has the logo and, you know, it could be really cool that you attend that place. um, It might not be the right fit for you. Like they might want you, but they could have a completely different plan that you are Mm -hmm. fully, you're just unaware of. So Mm -hmm. that would be my two cents to parents. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's good. I mean, it's, it's so true. Uh, You're absolutely right. Cause I've seen it. I've seen it multiple times and I I just feel bad because a lot of these kids like work so hard and you know every day six seven days a week and they get to their college of dreams and then they're like you know sitting on the bench well and sometimes (laughs) right and I mean sometimes or they 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 devout so much time and energy and so many hours into just one sport that then they go away to college for it and they're completely burnt out so mm-hmm. that's another thing that I, you know, when I was, when I was working at play, uh, especially the first year and a half, when I was in Woodstock at the headquarters, I did a ton of work with the local high schools. Um, and it was mostly, it was mostly football teams just because, you know, we're in the South, um, and football's a big deal down there. But I tried to educate the parents, like get your, get your boys playing other sports. They should be playing other sports. There should be like, at least a two to three sport athlete year round. Um, and it's just, it just allows balance. I mean, I was, a I was a big time two sport athlete. Like I said, I was very successful in softball. I played eighth grade on varsity. Um, we were eighth grade on varsity. I think we were 20 and zero. my freshman year on varsity. We made the state final four, you know, we were just like historically a very, like we were just a very good team. Um, and I even struggled when I got to college, when I was playing soccer year round and I didn't have that break from soccer when I normally played softball in the spring. Mm-hmm. So I even had that, I had a little bit of difficulty, but it was a good thing that I did because I had that experience. I knew then how to balance myself, you know, okay, I need to go out and even though it's spring soccer, it's not the end all be all. We're not in season. So I knew, you know, I ended up getting a job, you know, or I ended up working for campus rec and I had, I had an outlet to do something else other than soccer. I didn't have that experience playing another sport. I wouldn't have known what that felt like. And people get really burnt out really fast, especially in that second semester when you don't have competitions, classes are usually harder. Structure is so different than being in season. So there's a lot of factors that go into it. Did you study, uh, like at some, like extra science, exercise phys at Stony Brook? Uh, no, I did not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, when I had a very unconventional path, uh, in this career, um, I actually studied American history because I did not know that I wanted to be a strength coach. I did not even realize that it was a profession that you could go into. Um, and Stony Brook did not offer, um, they don't offer exercise science, exercise phys or kinesiology. I would have had to go the health science route and done like nutrition or just gone something in health science. Science is not a strong suit of mine. Um, I'm terrible at taking tests. I'm actually so much better as a writer. Um, so I had to choose a uh, a degree that 
it was going to work to my strengths. And that was mm-hmm. a degree that I would have to write a lot of papers, not take a lot of tests. And so, um, yeah, I just, I always love history. Uh, so I just went with American history. Um, I mean, I did take some sciences, but then, then when I went back to Stony Brook to get my master's, again, they still didn't offer that type of degree, but they had um, a grad, an advanced graduate certificate in coaching. So I did have to take biomechanics. I did have to take uh, exercise, nutrition, sports psychology, um, you know, sport coaching 101, sport coaching 102. So it was, it was a little bit more... Um, pertaining to what I'm doing now, but it's still that hard. Like basically the NSCA, they are moving, they're going to be moving into, um, Mm -hmm. they're going to be moving into uh, a space where just like, yeah, you have to have the undergrad in athletic training. Like it's the same thing. You have to have the undergrad in kinesiology and sports science um, or a related field. So basically I'm going to get robbed of my certificate or my certification because they're not granted. No. Are they? No, no, no. I think you misread that. <laughs> so really? starting 2023, I know. Uh, so I'm like, I was, uh, I did the soccer SIG. So like I, I ran in, I was like always in the, the meetings and shit. So like, I, I know um, some, a lot of the conversations, um, so you starting 2023 and forward, the only way you can get a cert from them is you have to have an undergrad in, you know, kinesiology, exercise science, exercise phys, whatever, whatever. Right. Uh, because I'm the same way. I have an undergrad in, uh, business from AU and then okay. I, I have my master's in sports performance and now I'm doing my PhD in sports performance from Rocky Mountain University. So um yeah so it's before 2023 if you already have it like they we're grandfathered yeah 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 yeah, you're good (laughs) because i thought yeah so i sat on the job task analysis board back in 2018 and i was at the headquarters and i kid you not there was there was only 12 people that they had on this board and it ranged from um collegiate psych um high school strength coaches, college, professional, um, and uh, who else? It was just a handful. And, and, and private sector, there was a handful, but there's only 12 of us in the room. 50% of the room did not have an undergrad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, so they, they yeah. <laughs> I was going to I was gonna say, there. I know so many people that don't have an undergrad in exercise and related field and have it. So if they want to keep the amount of money that they have, that they're bringing in, like they better grandfather everybody in <laughs> because they would, they would lose a, they would lose a ton of money. Yeah. All right. Exactly. So, yeah. okay. Well, that's great news. So I did miss yeah. <laughs> And I was going, I was going off of the information that we got back in 2018. So it was a little different. Yeah. But. So after Stony Brook, like, did you, what, like, what did you, what'd you hop into first? Like, were you, did you mm-hmm. go straight into strength conditioning? Like, did you coach sport? Like, um, your- no, so, uh, actually, so uh, just a step back into my collegiate career, I actually played semi-pro, uh, three years in between, um, while I was, oh, really? where? Yes. Um, it was a Long Island Rough Riders. It was back when the W League was a thing. So the professional league. Yeah. Good. And the W League was, I think, the more like East Coast conference for mm-hmm. 
any the, just the top level level soccer. So I played for the Long Island Rough Riders. I was a practice player. I was going. So my head coach from college was like, "Oh, I got you a tryout, but you know, you really just need to go there to be a practice player." Well, that's the only that's the only motivation I needed to basically like prove her wrong. <laughs> so I made the A squad. I made the full. I made the full team. Um, I was a, the backup goalkeeper, but the goalkeeper that was above me was like almost 10 years older than me. Like she was, because field players, they typically peak when they're like 22, 23, but goalkeepers, we peak, you know, later on in our twenties and sometimes not until we're 30. So, um, and it just has to do with the wear and tear on the body. But uh, yeah, the goalkeeper that was above me, not only was she a size taller and wider than me, she was a lot older than me. So her experience to mine was like, you couldn't compare it. So um, yeah, so I played semi-pro uh, in between freshman, sophomore, sophomore, junior, junior, senior. Uh, and I mean, the best we did is that we made it to like second or third round of playoffs. So we had to play the Atlanta Silverbacks. It was like this gorgeous facility, nothing that we'd ever played at before, but it was an incredible experience. Um, but that was another thing about, that's why I know so well about playing multiple sports because I was playing soccer year round and I got burned out before my senior year. And so I had a very bittersweet season my senior year. So I think it's important no matter what. Like if you're in if you're in college for soccer, you have to play on a club team. Um, but it was more of a political burnout than it was like an actual physical or a love for the game burnout. Um, it was just you know it, it got to a position where I was playing so much. I excuse me, I was at every practice. I knew every player. I could like control the defense super well. Um, and then you know, another girl came in and she maybe made like one practice every two weeks and started over me. So that was like kind of tough for me and tough pill to swallow. Cause I was like, what is this? Like, you know, I'm, I'm such a hard worker. Like I show up to everything, uh, mm. but I, I wasn't seeing it. And I think it's a, it was a lesson that I had to learn is that like, you know, sometimes, sometimes you can be the hardest worker. Sometimes, you know, you could put your blood, sweat and tears into something, but you might not be in a role that you think you should be in. And I learned that, you know, I didn't learn that until going into my senior year. Um, and so I think, you know, for the younger athletes that are listening, like sometimes it, you are going to put in your blood, sweat and tears and, you know, you're going to get a, a dose of what it's like being on the bench, even though you are one of the hardest workers. And I think that's when you really need to take a step back and shift your perspective and say, okay, well, how does this team need me? Um, and it's, it's very hard. It takes a very mature personality to do that. But, um, I think the quicker you do that, the more enjoyable it's going to be, the faster it's going to be uh, more enjoyable. But anyway, right out of college, I got a job, um, at at the America East conference actually. So I was one of the, uh, one of three interns at the America East conference. Um, and my, I had a, I had a, a try role where I was an intern for the business department, the compliance department, and the championship department. Um, but I lived in Boston. It was unbelievable. It was a paid internship. I had benefits, gym membership. It was a very unique position. So it was more like a graduate assistant position, but at the conference level. Um, so yeah, I did that for, it was a 10-month position. Um, it was phenomenal. It was a great experience. Um, I learned so much, but... Uh, you know, it was, and I realized it's not what I wanted to do. So, um, sorry, I'm going to take two seconds. Can you hear my son? Yeah. Okay. It's all good. 
Just, I might have if you got to do something, do your thing. Or do you want to just, weird. just... It's like lying there, but crying. So I don't know if he's like trying to put himself back to bed. Or if he wants to, <laughs> usually when, usually when he wants to get picked up, he actually, um, okay. So, um, uh, I was at the America East conference and it was phenomenal experience, but I was sitting at a desk all day and I had very little interaction with people. And it was really tough for me because I actually yeah. was an intern um, at Stony Brook. I was a student intern my last semester of college and all through the summer before I left to go move to Boston for this job. So I really got a dose of what it was like to be a strength coach. And um, I wanted more. And so as the internship was coming to a close at the America East, I applied to the four universities in Boston, um, for four division one universities in Boston. So it was Northeastern, BC, BU, and Harvard. I got an interview with Harvard, walked out of there. It was crazy hours. Um, Frazier was, I, I'm Frazier, I'm pretty sure Frazier was the one that interviewed me. And I was like, how is this guy expecting 60 hours and I'm not getting paid for any of it? You know, I just came off of two internships where I got paid. And I was like, I can't walk into an internship. Like I've just been being paid for the last year and a half, like, and they expect me to work 60 hours. And so that was a tough pill to swallow. But I called my strength coach from college and I said, Hey, listen, you're my number one reference. Like I'm really going to try to get this job. Say good things when they call you. He ended up calling me back and said, Hey, I just got the grant. We have money for a graduate assistant. You're going to coach four teams. We'll put you through your master's and you'll be full-time with football. And I was like, I can't turn that down. <laughs> so I said, yes. This was at your previous college. Yeah. So this was, so I went back to Stony Brook. Back to Stony Brook. Okay. I back to nice. Stony Brook. So I took one year off from Stony Brook. I lived in Boston for a year. And then I went back to Stony Brook for my master's. So altogether, I was at Stony Brook for six years and I had two degrees. Um, nice. And it was, kinda, it was great because um, it was like I was coming back to a family. I absolutely loved being a GA. Uh, I had a ton of exposure. Um, you know, it was drinking from a fire hose, just like you do when you start any new position. Uh, I don't think I lifted until Thanksgiving time that semester. I literally, cause I had volleyball and volleyball right out of the gate. Uh, so I reported like a couple days before preseason preseason. So it was kind of the same thing like I did at Georgetown, um, where I started literally right before, uh, preseason. Um, and so that was really interesting, but the assistant director at the time, he previously had volleyball and he had already written up the program for this semester. I just had to implement it. So it wasn't like I was really, I was thrown into the fire, but not, I wasn't like burnt to crisp right away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you didn't so have that, to write it. You didn't have to write the plan. Right. Exactly. And that was just for volleyball. So then I had a month to basically put together a plan for men's women's tennis, men's women's swimming, diving. And what was my fourth team? Softball. So I had time. I had a month to plan out those programs. Um, And, but it was, I mean, it was great. It was, and then my second year, uh, the assistant director took volleyball back, but I got men's soccer. So I was working men's soccer and that was probably the one team besides softball where I was, I was with them, especially in the off season, almost five days a week. Um, whereas swimming and diving and t- men's, men's women's tennis, uh, I was only with them two days a week, but softball and men's soccer. Um, yeah, I think I was, I was with them four or five times a week. So we would do 
we would, and we were a speed strength and conditioning program. It wasn't just uh, strength and conditioning. So mm-hmm. we did a lot of on-field stuff with them, uh, which was kind of cool because I got exposed to that at a really young yeah. age in my career. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So when you, <clears throat> um, so actually talking about that speed stuff. So with the, with the, the soccer players, I mean, I'm assuming a lot of, you know, linear speed, multi-directional stuff, like the things that you presented at the clinic was, was the, is this similar then um, as it is now or yeah, vari- um, variations of it? Well, the thing it's, it's more variations. And the only reason why it is variations is because we're in season. And so, because we're mm-hmm. in, and, um, you know, I am trying to expose the coach and the team to a little bit of my philosophy and principles a little bit at a time. Um, it's, I, I said this in a previous uh, podcast that I was on that I'm, I walked into a well-oiled machine. Historically, Georgetown Women's Soccer has been a very successful program. So I knew that I couldn't just come in and like flip the table up and like, you know, like change everything. I knew that it was going to have to be in microdoses. So um, I'm very, very particular with my warm up, as you might have seen at the Maryland State Clinic. Um, so, with that regard, you know, I'm teaching them upper body mechanics. I'm teaching them how to simply how to properly do a lunge that then transfers into proper running mechanics or running cycle, the leg cycle and the and uh, running form. And so, uh, we're doing speed skaters where we're, you know, I'm I'm slowly like adding in like small micro doses of what I then want to work on in the spring. And by doing that, I'm going to be able to accelerate my program in the spring, um, doing speed school. school. So the spring, obviously it is far, far away. Uh, but in a perfect world, I would have the girls in the weight room Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we would do speed school Tuesday and Thursday. So that would be a perfect setup for me and be able to do that end of January, all of February, March, April is usually when they start playing. So maybe, back off a little bit. Um, but I still would love to do speed work with them. Um, and also use that where we're out on the field. Therefore we can do kind of start like filtering some conditioning and as well, or get the conditioning on at practice so that, you know, because as you know, you know, spring semester, you know, non-season semester, uh, it's really where you build the strength and the speed of an athlete, you know, in season right now, it's, I'm, I'm trying to keep their, their strength. So we do vertical jumps just to see what their power output is and see how, if they are getting stronger, um, it, it, they've never done it in the past. So at least I'm getting some kind of metric on them, uh, where it's mm-hmm. kind of instant gratification and they record everything. So, uh, you know, just, just looking at those numbers and trying to see, okay, well, where, where do we need to change immediately? So, but yeah, so it's, right now it's just micro doses uh, compared to maybe what other people have seen me do uh, in presentations. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, um, I tried to it myself with the, well, so I coach a high school team mm-hmm. and you know, it's not like, uh, you know, you can go to the weight room, right. uh, especially at a public high school, you know, where, I, where I am, where we are is like crazy about COVID. So like 
going inside. It's like a whole nother show. Mm-hmm. So you just try to like figure things out on field. Um, so yeah, I mean, I try to do similar things like, you know, some of the kids I've worked with, so they understand like why I'm doing the things I'm doing. Right. Some of the other kids are like, kind of like, what, what are we doing? But I, mm-hmm. you know, kind of explain to them like, you know, you know, why are we doing, you know what we're doing and it's going to be helpful for you. And they, and they see it like, you know, right. we're undefeated so far, you know, no injuries, like muscle injuries or you know, all this stuff. So it's like beneficial for them. So no, it's good. Um, so once you finish, uh, you know, your thing with Stony Brook, like what was your next sort of move in this? I know the moves, I know, I mean, from all the strength, I mean, it's crazy. Cause like my, my, uh, routes of where I'm at right now is no college. Yeah. <laughs> I've been mm-hmm. in the private sector the whole time. So I know in the college, uh, scene, you know, there's a lot of different moves, you know, um, right. but did you, did you go GA to another school or did you go to play after that? Um, no. So I was GA at Stony Brook. And then right from there, um, I actually wanted to uh, go and get more schooling. So I got accepted. Okay. Um, I got accepted and accepted a GA position at East Stroudsburg University in Pennsylvania yeah. to do the one-year accelerated exercise science program. Nice. And I literally, um, at the end of my graduate assistantship at Stony Brook, I did a site visit to Rutgers and um, I must have made a first good impression while I was there because about a week before I was leaving, maybe two weeks before I was leaving to go to move to Pennsylvania, I got a call to ask to interview. So I interviewed at Rutgers and about five days later, four or five days later, I got offered the position. Literally, it was a Friday and I was moving to East Strasburg that following Thursday. And so <laughs> I had made a big time lifetime decision. And I mean, I was going to get a second master's mm-hmm. so that I would get the job that I was just offered. So I <laughs> took the job. Um, and from Stony Brook, I went right into a full-time position at Rutgers. And when I arrived nice. there, it was I was, I was housed out of the football weight room, but out of the gate, I think I had five or six um, female-only teams, which was very different for me because I was coming mm-hmm. from Stony Brook where I had majority male athletes. But, you know, I was just like, all right, next level. Like, I just have to, you know, prove my worth and stuff like that and, you know, t- chip at it one day at a time. But I ended up only coaching female athletes at Rutgers. Um, and so it's not until now at Georgetown that I actually have a male team and a female team. So it's the first time that I have, I'm coaching like a, a men's college team since Stony Brook. <laughs> um, when you were at Rutgers, was, was Sean aren't there? Uh, he was there, but he only, he, he was only exercise science. So. He was on campus and women's soccer used him. And I was kind of, I was used to bridge the gap between exercise science on campus and the sports reforms department. Um, it, he was a great resource for the women's soccer team. And for me, because he used mm-hmm. students to sit out at practice and get all of the polar data. And then I would basically mm-hmm. be sent the report. So I had very little 
um, involvement, but I did have some involvement uh, with, you know, Polar and everything. And it wasn't until after I left did things get a little bit sticky where then the women's team started training in the exercise department weight room, not in the actual division mm. facilities. But um, I don't really know the story behind that other than that. <laughs> um, but I mean, they had a ton of technology and they did their VO2s over there. We would do blood sampling, like our blood, um, blood, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, panels. We did blood panels, VO2. Yeah. Um, and Who's big on that. Yeah. And I mean, but it was amazing. It was so helpful. Like we found a handful. Yeah, of I'm sure. Like we had, there was a handful of girls that were anemic. There was a handful of girls that had an, a certain allergy to a particular grass that was out in the Midwest. So when we would go out there and play the Minnesotas and the Nebraskas and, Dude, you know, crazy. yeah, I mean, so you'd start pumping Claritin into them like before a couple of days before we left and you didn't feel as lethargic when you got off the plane. And it was just, it was just like, just those little things. So, I mean, because I know what you can do, that's, my hopes, wishes, and dreams for Georgetown women's soccer is that because I know, um, I know it's not just about the wearable technology. It's not mm-hmm. just about, um, you know, the soccer pulse app, like whoop is a really big thing now. So, uh, you know, trying to try to get as much as we can so that, and I would love to do blood paneling on the girls eventually. Yeah. Um, just so that we can just be a little bit more at that you know, advantageous. You level. get that edge and get yeah, that little edge. edge. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Do, um, do they, do you, uh, rep- I don't know how to say this. Do you check for HRV or do you just check like, um, like recovery? Um, or do so- you just do like some, some sort of like questionnaire for like, po- like RPE type stuff? Yeah. Um, so we do this, we use a soccer pulse app. Um, at Georgetown, okay. they'd been using that prior uh, to me arriving, and I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I love because you know it is a conversation starter, uh, and because mm-hmm. I did not know the team that well at first, it was mm-hmm. a way for me to say, "Oh, you didn't get a lot of sleep." Like perfect example, you know, it's so small, but it made such a big difference. I had this girl, and she was sleeping terribly during preseason, so I approached her about it, and I wouldn't have known this if I wasn't following the soccer pulse scores. So I said, hey, listen, what's the deal? She's like, I just sleep terribly in hotels. Like, I just never sleep good in hotels. And I was like, well, are you sleeping with like a stuffy or do you have like, you know, what are you, what are you wearing to bed? All that kind of stuff. And um, basically what we ended up doing is I said, listen, take one of your t-shirts that is from home. It smells like you. Put it over your pillowcase. Like you have a stuffy, great. Like cuddle Yeah. And it's just, it's such a small thing, but there's a ton of studies on sleep that when you're in a foreign environment um, and everything smells differently, uh, your brain operates differently. It's just, it's just Mm. fat. And so I was able to tell a couple of the girls, like throw a t-shirt, one of your t-shirts on the pillowcase, like as a pillowcase and sleep on it. And sure enough, their sleep got so much better overnight. And it was because of the soccer pulse. Score. And like, there's other things with like soreness, well, yeah. well, part of your body. And so again, it was, it was able, it gave me a chance to, you know, just spark small conversations uh, with the team. And now um, it's, it's a good 
pulse on, okay, we lifted yesterday, they're off today, we train tomorrow. So I'm really curious to see what the scores are going to be tomorrow. Okay, are we still sore? It's a 48 hour after. Technically today is a 48 hours. So they should be able to get all through their soreness and feel fresh as daisies tomorrow. But if they don't, mm-hmm. okay, well, what are there other factors that you are not doing well? A lot of girls have a ton of classes today um, on Monday. So were you hydrating properly? Were you fueling properly? Like what time you were getting to bed? You probably had a lot of homework, you know? So kind of diving into that. So we do that. And then we also have the export, um, which is not widely used, but there are a handful of schools that Perfect. use it. Um, so it's like, you know, your, your top runners are Polar, VX, Catapult, and Statsport right now. And so we have VX, uh, we have great resources with them, um, you know, but it's, it's a new, it's a new technology that I've, I've used and never used before. Uh, so it's just, again, and it's a learning curve where it's more so just collecting data this season rather than really being able to read it and do something about it because, uh, you know, they're based out of New Zealand. So we didn't get a lot of the equipment that we needed until like the start of season in September. So, um, you know, at first it was a little bumpy, but you know, it's, it's the type of, it's the type of stuff that, you know, when season's over, we can then go ahead and dive in, um, and see, oh, well, this made sense. Like, you know, because X, Y, and Z, you know, X, Y, and Z were, had this type of recovery and stuff like that. So right now it's just more about collecting as much data as we can so that we then can input it and use it down the road or, you know, say postseason. we should be able to kind of dive into it um, by the time that comes around. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm actually for my PhD right now, I'm doing advanced, uh, advanced sports technology oh, with, cool. uh, Brian Mann. Oh, Brian's. Uh, I love Brian. Yeah. So we yeah. Were, so we were in England together, I think. Yeah. Great dude. Great dude. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, it's pretty cool to break to it. You know, some of the things you're talking about, just like you know, uh, little things like recovery, fatigue, sleep. Like, um, it's and and because and because of this class, I'm actually using it for the kid for this high school team just for fun, just to see like. <laughs> Uh, if they'll one answer and two, like if, you know, I can get something out of it, like, all right, well, I can see why he's tired, played full, like full game, maybe like give them a day off or whatever. So, um, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, um, that's, that's, that's cool. Like, so you never got the second masters. No, I never got, I never got the second masters. Um, you know. Yeah. And it's because, uh, I just, I got the full-time job. So I went to Rutgers. I was there for just shy of four years while I was there. I went from assistant to assistant director. I finally got bumped down to four teams. So I had like, I don't know. I, I, I always throw numbers out between six and nine teams. I really feel like I had, I think I had at one point like five or 600 athletes, just myself. Um, that's what it felt like at least. Um, but I think it was probably closer to like 150, but it felt like five or yeah. six athletes. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think the only, the only thing that kind of was a bummer with Rutgers is that, you know, I coached at such a high level and there was a lot of successful teams there, but I could not give them everything I wanted to because I always had two or three other teams that were in season. 
where I always had two or three other teams that were out of season where I was meeting with them multiple times a week. So it was really tough. And that was a, that was a big reason why I took the position at plays because it gave me the opportunity to then travel and network. And it was giving me all these opportunities that I wasn't really allowed to do at Rutgers because I had so many teams. So, Mm -hmm. um, it was that, um, and, Again, I wasn't traveling with any of the teams at Rutgers because I, w- I basically was allowed yeah, to get every- to stay. Yeah, I had to stay. I was I was always coaching around the clock. Or, you know, for lacrosse, field hockey, and soccer, I did their pregame warm up. So it was the I was at games Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I was always I had to be I had to be home in New at, Jersey at campus. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like. It's such a, it's such a, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I never really got into the college scene. It's just like, I'm not saying like, I didn't want to do the work. It's just like, there's so much and, you know, very little, very, a small percentage of colleges. And you probably know more than I do the amount or which ones like, uh, when you're like the strength coach for that team, like it's a very small percentage. So like you don't Mm -hmm. have to worry about anybody else. And most of those sports are what basketball and football. Um, So it's, 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 it kind of sucks because you can't, you know, it's, you can't give everything to, you know, one team um, when you're, you know, I mean, at your position now, I thought you're not just soccer. So I was, the thing is, is that um, originally it was supposed to be just soccer. And then they're like, well, we would need help if you could take on like a men's golf or a men's tennis. Um, But with the schedule that I have, um, and also, honestly, like I am beyond grateful for the opportunity that Georgetown has given me uh, because... I said, hey, listen, I have no problem taking on another team or another two um, because, but it has to fit in a certain time frame because I, with my, with my son, I have to bring, I can only drop mm-hmm. him off at a certain time at daycare and I have to pick him up at a certain time. So none of those teams could fall, you know, before 9am. So they had to give me another team that was after like nine or 10 o'clock. And that team just happened to be lightweight men's crew. And it just so happened that I had women's rowing at Rutgers. So it wasn't a foreign sport for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing that Rutgers did do is that it exposed me to a ton of sports. So I can go back and say, yeah, no, this is, you know, I did this with the team, like with this team or that team. And so with regards to uh, my ability to coach a wide variety of sports. I really like thank Rutgers for that. Um, even though it was yeah. absolute mayhem. Um, yeah. and it was, uh, I mean, but it, I mean, it was great. And so, yeah, I have women's soccer. I do everything with women's soccer, but with lightweight men's crew, I see them two times a week. Um, and that's if I'm, if I'm local. So we travel to go out to Nebraska and then Ohio. So we're staying out in the Midwest the, for five days. I have one of the um, other strength coaches where she covers men's lightweight crew when I'm not here. So she's kind of like my assistant um, when I am here, but then she takes over as the head strength coach when I'm not here. So it's, again, it's, it's a, it's a phenomenal dynamic that we have at Georgetown uh, university and um, the coaches were being, were able, were just have been very flexible with, 
you know, I'm a mom, you know, it's, it's the first time I'm in the industry I mean, as a mom. It's very different. <laughs> it's very different. So no, it's, it's all good. I mean, they have to respect that, you know, uh, in, 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 you know, all across the board, like no matter where you are. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people understand that, you know, the situation that you're in and it's good that they're flexible and they're helpful for you, especially the, you know, the, the amount of work you've done in this short career that you've had so far. I mean, yeah, you're, you're still very young. So like I you know. got a long time to go. <laughs> um, so it's awesome. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a, sounds like, you know, you're getting slowly to the, the place that you want to be. Uh, I'm sure. I mean, Georgetown's an awesome school. Like, right. uh, I actually know one actually on the boys side, my, one of my really close like colleagues, his son plays on the team. Nice. Um, and then, uh, another kid that went to my high school plays on the team. Um, and then I've known a bunch of other kids that have gone there. So it's, yeah. it's legit. I mean, they're number one. So I mean, I know. And they just, they just had a huge win against, uh, Creighton. Uh, I think it was Saturday, Friday. Yeah. 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 Actually the kid that scored the, the game winner is the kid that went to my high school. Nice. Yeah. yeah no, he's, I mean, he's, he's good. They, they, they basically had a soccer fest. And Creighton has one of, one of, if not the best soccer complexes in the country. And they had like Mm -hmm. a soccer fest and it was the biggest crowd next to the national championship. Um, (laughs) And I mean, all odds were were against Georgetown men's soccer. All odds were against Georgetown men's soccer. And they came again, they came away with a win, which was, yeah. So. I mean, but the thing is that Creighton for men's soccer uh, actually has them, I believe, the most national championships. Oh, okay. So, like, they're legit. Like, uh, I, I don't remember the guy that was there that basically has brought them to that place. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah, and something I'm still learning about the men's side. I've known about the women's side. Um, obviously, I played, and then I was at Rutgers, mm-hmm. so knew all like the front runners because uh, we made it to the college cup uh, my second year with them. And so, and we always made it into the tournament, like two or three rounds. So we, oh, I always knew what were the, the top, the top teams mm-hmm. and what the top conferences are, but like, it's not the same at all for the men. Like you have nah. people like Creighton, Georgetown, Marshall, like you have all of these schools that like, and then obviously for the women's side, it's, it's like, your 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 Duke and UNCs and your Virginias and like you have the, the big time. <clears throat> yeah, um, I mean it really depends on you know a lot of you know a lot of things like who leaves early for MLS, who leaves early because you're getting you know a, a nice contract maybe in Europe. So like if you right. have a solid team and your top three players are gone like the next year, then like you're kind of SOL. But um, but yeah, I mean. It's, 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 it's totally different on the, on the men's side than the girl's side, but I think it's going to slow. You'll see like it'll change on the girl side too, because of the NWSL and it's like how it's going and, you know, I know. Girls I not know. going to college girls getting drafted early and things like that. So mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. It's definitely exciting. And it's amazing. Yeah. Like no, I said, it's cool. I came from, I came from a background where the professional league folded and I was playing some <laughs> yeah. with professional athletes and oh my gosh, 
it's different than college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's awesome. It's, I mean, I'm sure that experience like helped you get to where you are now in some, some fashion, um, you know, teaching kids like hard work, perseverance, mindset, all that stuff like makes an impact. So, well, Marissa, I appreciate you, uh, you know, taking the time out of your day. I know you're busy, uh, but I do have one last thing. Like if you had to, you know, say something to kids growing up who are listening to this young kids, young athletes. Um, I mean, it doesn't really matter the sport. Cause I mean, I know you expose yourself in like basically every single sport. Like what would, what are some like tips, um, mm-hmm. suggestions that you would offer to help them get to like the next level? Yeah. Um, well, firstly, thank you. Um, love, love having this conversation and, you know, we're both local. Uh, but, um, I mean, I kind of alluded to a couple of, um, play multiple Mm -hmm. sports. Like don't, don't just dive into one sport super early. Uh, you're going to be a better, better, better well-rounded athlete. You'll be, be a better mover. Uh, if you, if you, uh, you know, play multiple sports. So definitely try to at least play two or like, or just, just have other hobbies, do, do something, do something else. Um, also, um, you know, again, I kind of also alluded to this, like sometimes the hardest workers don't always get the minutes that you think you deserve. Uh, but every team, uh, needs you to some capacity. You just have to make the decision, um, on the role that you want to play. And I think asking Mm -hmm. coaches those questions about where do you see me value? Like, where do you see my value with this team? Where do you see me, um, on this team? What type of role do you see me in? I think asking those hard questions, um, early on will save you a lot of happiness. Um, if you do decide to go to college or even with a club team, uh, I think it's the same thing. Uh, and I mean, something that I used to talk about when I was coaching at Rutgers, when I had these big recruiting groups coming in is social media. Um, be smart about it. Uh, you are recruited off your social media as well. Um, so just be smart about what you're posting, how you're posting it, um, the language that you use. Um, you know, it now, now student athletes, uh, there's a, through compliance, it's, it's name, image, and likeness. So if you, I mean, you can also make money on the side and go to college and have a scholarship. So if you like properly, um, you know, market yourself on social media in a very positive light using very good language and, you know, you're constantly putting your best foot forward, um, not only will you you have a higher chance of getting recruited to where you want to go, but there's a possibility that you very well could have contract and deals and make money on the side or get really cool gear and stuff like that. If you are um, conscious about how you're, how you're uh, putting yourself out there publicly. So I don't think, I don't think enough people talk about that. So. Yeah, no, no, it's true. Especially after what that whole thing with NCAA allowing it to happen. So. Right. You never know what's going to happen now. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Well, thanks again. I appreciate it. You have a good rest of your day and uh, let's connect sometime again. All right. Absolutely. Sounds good. And uh, See ya. games are free. So come by anytime. All right. Yeah, yeah, I, I will. I mean, I'm not that far away, so I'll definitely pop in. All right. Great. Appreciate All right, take you. care. All right. You're welcome. 
Thank you. Thanks for listening to Train to Perform with Julian Sisman. Learn how you can work with Julian in a personal training session, either online or in person at prepareforperformance.com. And follow on social media for more tips on training, fitness, and sports performance on Twitter at jsisman_pfp underscore PFP and Instagram at prepareforperformance.